What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoop Heads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Uh, that was fun. That was a good way for the Wizards to get back on track. Um, they've lost a few games in a row. I don't know exactly how much. I don't think they've won a game since the All-Star break. Um, but they finally won against a really, really, really good Jazz team, um, which is a very good thing. Um, the Jazz were 29-10 and 10 coming into this game. Um, now they fall to 29-11. and 11. Um, With the win, the Wizards move up to 15-25. and 25. Um yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to make this not too, too long because obviously it's March Madness. It's like, you know, a very exciting time of the year for sports fans. There's games on for March Madness. Cause there's going to be 12 hours a day for the next two days. Um, so I don't want to make this too long. Um, and that game wasn't super, super exciting. Um, I definitely I want to look at the um, ESPN win probability model. Um, yeah, so the game wasn't even like um, so starting from um, right around the end of the second quarter, the Wizards had a about a 95% chance to win. And then the closest it ever got towards the uh, Jazz was um, the Wizards land a 79.2% chance to win um, with four minutes left in the third quarter. Um, so definitely not the most exciting game. Eventually, when the Jazz cut it to seven, the Wizards saw an 85.4 chance to win with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, so the Wizards, just an incredible game from them. Like, um, yeah, they were hitting shots and the Jazz weren't. Um, it is kind of a maker-less league in that um, perspective. Um, so that is going to happen, but you definitely still have to give credit for the Wizards. Um, they defended, um, pretty solidly tonight, um, much better than we've seen, especially over the past few games. Um, but also like they're hitting shots and like, that's a good thing, but they're to hit shots. You do have to mostly generate good shots. Um, the Wizards were making a lot of tough shots, but they also did get, um, some good shots. And I'll talk about that, um, in a little bit. Um, I do want to talk about, um, 
what I want to talk about first. I'll talk about um, the four factors overview. No, I'll talk about the Jazz first. Um, so coming into this game, the Jazz were second in the league in offense. I'm um, in second in the league in defense. Um, and obviously first in the league in point differential by far um, with a plus 10.7, which is insane. That's ridiculous. Um, second in the, so coming in the game, the second in offense with an offensive rating of 119.1, which is absolutely insane. Um, their defense rating was second in the league with 108.3, which is really, really good. Um, so they've just been playing insanely well. Um, one thing I do want to point out is that Mike Conley did not play in this game, um, which is really, really unfortunate. I love watching Mike Conley play and he is a big part of what this jazz team does offensively. Um, Neither Mike Conley nor Donovan Mitchell are like incredible on-ball shot creators and not really great at running pick and rolls. Um, but they're both they're good, but not great. Um, but both of them being combined together in the same backcourt, and then along with Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench is what really um, fuels their offense being so good. Um, so not having um, Conley just like like it's a pretty it's a big loss um, for this team. Like I'm not gonna lie, um, the Wizards <laughs> they've picked up a lot of wins against teams that um, haven't been playing all their guys. So it sucks that they beat the Jazz and it's kind of like a little asterisk saying that Conley didn't play um, because Conley is such a massive part of what they do. Obviously, like it's been pretty popular as like all the advanced statistical models um, just love by Conley and it's because the Jazz are a lot better with him on the floor. Um, he really, 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 really helps them offensively and you could kind of tell for the most part tonight um, when Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles weren't hitting like crazy shots, their offense was just kind of like stalling out there um because Mike Conley is probably the or not probably he is like the by far the best um passer on this team he's probably the best pick and roll ball handler um and he's developed a lot of nice chemistry with Rudy Gobert so not having him um on the floor um definitely hurt that and you could also see it with Rudy Gobert um but again great win for the Wizards um I'm really really happy that they're getting back on track it seems like maybe um Westbrook had a great game Beal had a great game um just all around really strong performance I'm um, going over the four factors and offense type of stuff um, one area where Mike Conley um, doesn't help as much, obviously he's good, but he's not like, you know, he's not like carrying them, is on defense. Um, the Jazz pretty much played the guys that they wanted um, in terms of having a good comment of defense out there. Um, and the Wizards did a great job. They had 121 points per 100 possessions, um, which is really, really, really good. Um, Jazz had 114, which is pretty good, um, slightly above average. Um, Wizards' effective field goal percentage is really, really high. Um, their turnover rate was low, and their free throw rate was really, really high, which is good against the Jazz. The Jazz do not allow a ton of opponent free throws. Um, in terms of defense in the league, they're third in opponent free throw rate. Um, and tonight, the Wizards got to the line in the 96th percentile. They got to the line 35% of of their um, shots, which is ridiculous. Um, so they got there 38 times, um, huge number. Um, the Jazz got there 28 times, which is a pretty big number, um, but obviously not as much as 38, which is just great. And that is a sign of what I've been asking the Wizards to do all along is attacking the rim. Um, you're not going to get to the line unless you're attacking the rim. And the Wizards did that tonight. And they, they got great results. Um, and the guys in there attacking, like one of them was Rudy Gobert, who did not have a great overall game. Um, but they're also attacking other guys like Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, like Bogdanovich, like all these guys. Um, you can tell what the foul numbers like. Um, just looking at like Clarkson, um, Favors, Niang, uh, Ingles, Gobert all had three fouls. Um, Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell all had four fouls. Um, just a really good overall job um, from the Wizards in that aspect of attacking the rim. Um, just to go over some of the top line stat kind of stuff, um, Bradley Beal had 43 points. He had those 43 points on 28 shooting possessions, which is insane. Um, four for six from three, 16 to 24 um, from the field, and seven of eight at the line. Just an incredibly efficient night for him. He was plus 14 in 39 minutes he played. 
Um, so that means that in the nine minutes he was off the court, the Wizards were minus three. Um, Russell Westbrook had a great game tonight. I'm really, really happy with how he performed today. 35 points was plus 10 overall, um, 13 assists. A lot of those came from really good drop down passes or really good um, kickouts and cross court. Um, just finding the weak side shooters, um, which is what he does really, really well, which I talk about like literally every episode. Um, but I have to um, hone in on that point. Um, and those 35 points came really efficiently, which is something I'm super happy with because um, like last night's performance, Russell Westbrook scored a lot of points, but he did not do it very efficiently. Um, tonight, he did it super efficiently. 35 points, and he did it on 28 and a half shooting possessions. Um, just a phenomenal number. Um, he was 9 for 11 at the free throw line, which is a phenomenal number. Um, a lot better than he's been doing all season long. And it's I'm happy to see, first of all, the free throw number to be so high because that means that he was obviously attacking. But also, um, for to make 9 out of 11 is a very, very good percentage, especially for where he's been all season long. Been hovering around the 60% mark. Um, so that's great. Um, Rio Chamara was fine. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, I mean, when um, your two best players are playing that well, it's kind of hard to get in there. Um, so I kind of get it. He took 10 shots, which I'm happy with. Um, probably wasn't attacking as much as I would have liked him to. But, you know, <laughs> again, like when Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook combined to take um, 47 shots and then combined for 88 points, um, that's not right. That's not right at all. 78 points. Um Still, like it's it's hard to get get in scoring in there. Lopez had another really good game tonight. He had 11 points. He was plus 12 when he was out there. Um, just brings a lot defensively um, to this team. Um, and that's pretty much it um, in terms of the notable performances. I guess Carson Matthews had seven points. He got fouled on two threes. Um, and yeah, just huge nights from the Wizards' two best players. Um, when you look at the Jazz, um, Donovan Mitchell had 42 points. He was minus 10 when he was out there though in 39 minutes. Um, I don't know, to be expected, I guess, if you play that many minutes and you lose by um, nine. Um, he shot um, 16 to 30, 6 to 7 from the free throw line and 14 to 12 from three. So those 47, 42 points did come on 30, uh, three and a half possessions. Um, but that's pretty good. Um, really, really good efficiency. And he just like went insane at times. Um, when he really, really gets that mid-range going, um, he's harder to stop. But also, the Wizards have to get... I don't know, maybe I'll talk about it later, but no, I'll talk about it now. Um, one huge, giant, gaping hole in the Wizards is that they don't have anyone that can really guard the other team's best guards, and they don't have really anyone that can guard the other team's best wings. Um, against the other team's best centers, like the best centers in the league, like Robin Lopez can do good enough, like as you saw against uh, like Joel Embiid and um, Nikola Jokic, like Robin Lopez is fine. Um, he can do an admirable job, like not, obviously like not like <laughs> take him out of the game or anything, but like hold them to like five points below their average, which is exactly um, what you want. Um, Alex Len kind of can do the same, but he's more of like he's going to hold them to right around their average or maybe slightly below. And then Mo Wagner obviously isn't out there for his defense. Um, and he didn't even play at all tonight. Um, but those two guys can generally wipe out a center. Also, a center is easier to just game plan out of the game, um, especially if they're um, utilizing a lot of possessions in the post because you can bring down digs and doubles, um, you know, weak set help, all that kind of stuff, uh, like pre-rotate over um, from the baseline, which is what the Wizards like to do, um, force baseline and pre-rotate help over um, to the baseline from the weak side corner. Um, so you can scheme. It's easier to scheme a post player out of the game than a perimeter player, um, but the Wizards really, really struggle guarding guards in the perimeter, um, and Donald Mitchell kind of explodes that tonight. Um, he had 42 points. Um, I, I do want to pull up his shot chart. Um, cause I think it will be interesting. Um, give me a second. I gotta find it. This is in alphabetical order, but somehow, uh, Mitchell right there. Okay. So his shot chart is pretty interesting. Um, 
So what the Wizards were doing against him, Donovan Mitchell uses a ton of ball screens from Rudy Gobert, which obviously makes a lot of sense um, because Rudy Gobert has a lot of gravity um, rolling to the basket, and Donovan Mitchell is a pretty crafty guard. Um, but he can also take his man off the dribble, um, especially off a closeout. But he didn't have as much of his opportunities off a closeout tonight just because um, obviously Mike Conley didn't play. Um, but So the Wizards um, a lot of times had Beal or Westbrook on Donovan Mitchell, which is not something I like. Um, also, like Garrison Matthews spent a little time on him, which is something I like more, but... Um, you know, he was like, you know, marginal time on him. Um, so the Wizards, um, when Don Mitchell was using ball screens, the Wizards were going under, having the guard chase over, um, and then get back to him. But the thing is that Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are not good at all at getting over screens. So Mitchell was basically able to get whatever he wanted in the midrange, which isn't that bad. Uh, it's not the end of the world if Donovan Mitchell is just going to shoot a bunch of mid-range pull-up shots. He was 6 for 8 tonight on mid-range pull-up shots. He was 6 for 9 from floater range. He was 4 of 12 from 3. Um, 6 of 8. And so on twos outside the restricted area, he was 12 for 17, which is like a ludicrously insane number. Um, I want to pull up his number um, on the season for mid-range um, jump shots, um, shooting accuracy. I'm doing it on cleaning the glass. Um so in terms of overall mid-range jump shots this season, he's 91 for 249, which is 37%. Um, in this game, he was 12 for 17, which I don't even want to start thinking about what that percentage is. I do want to start thinking about what, so that would be like six, that's like a little, that's like 70%, 12 to 17. Um, that's my estimation. I could look it up. I do want to look it up. I want to check how close I was. Um, 12 divided by 17. Oh, 70.5. I don't know what that was. That didn't sound good. Okay, that was my remote. Okay, um, so 70.5%. I was pretty close on my estimation. I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, so 70.5% on um, non-restricted area two-point shots, which is just a ludicrous number that people just don't normally shoot. Like, at the end of the day, if you're the Wizards and you see that, um, you're going to live with that. Like, if someone scores 40 points on mid-range jump shots, at the end of the day, you're just going to have to throw your hands up and say, you know, it's okay. Um, but the strategy was a drop. Um, it generally prevented Donovan Mitchell from getting all the way to the rim. He only shot one shot at the rim all game, um, and he was 0 for 1. Um, he shot 12 shots from 3. He made 4, which is fine, but like you're not going to get killed on a shot that's only one point per possession. Um, so yeah, just like the strategy made sense. Um, we just needed the players to execute because um, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are not good at getting over screens at all, especially Russell Westbrook is terrible at getting over screens. I'd love to see either Neto get into um, Donna, guarding Donovan Mitchell, but like he doesn't have the best lateral quickness in the world, which makes it hard to guard Donovan Mitchell. Um, I probably would have gone as the primary matchup to Garrison Matthews, but he's like too foul prone. Um, so it's really, really tough, and that's a big hole in the Wizards roster construction. Um like maybe even Bonga, I guess, and just like had him like take a step back um, and then just like use his long arms to contest a three if he really, really wanted to shoot off the dribble. I Honestly, actually, I would have brought in Troy Brown. I would have guarded Donovan Mitchell Troy Brown because Troy Brown has the best auto quickness out of all these guys. He's the best at blowing up screens out of all these guys, probably besides Bonga. Um, that's what I would have done. I would have brought Troy Brown in, but obviously Scott Brooks, for some reason, has like a vendetta against Troy Brown. Um, so yeah, the other guy I want to talk about is Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles was crazy tonight. Um, he made eight for 10 from three. He had 34 points. He was plus two in 33 minutes, which means that in the 15 minutes he was off the floor, the team was minus 13. That's not right. <laughs> minus 11. Um, so 12 for 17, eight for 10 from three, two of three at the line. Um, so those 34 points came on, oh my God, 19, not even 19, 18. No, yes, 19. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing today. 
No, yes, 18, 18 and a half shooting possessions, um, which is absolutely insane. Um, that's almost at 100% true shooting. That's like closer to 90, um, but pretty close. That's that's just ludicrous. Um, but he was doing it off a lot of um, catch and shoots, but he was also doing it off the dribble. Um, and he does have that funky release. It's kind of like long, but it's above his head and it looks pretty good. Um, it always goes in uh, seemingly. So just a really, really good game. I love Joe Ingles. Um, he's gotten really, really good at like doing a Euro step. That's only one step. Like it's just like a pass fake and a shot within one step. Um, and that kind of like those kind of awkward finishes or stuff I love is stuff that um, below the rim finishers have gotten really, really good at. Um, guys like Joe Ingles have utilized stuff like that um, just to get their shots off. And it's it's really smart. Um, guys like Trey Young do the same um, types of things. Like obviously Chris Paul, like those, those types of guys, they find new ways, like new innovations to get their shots off when they're not um, going up like, you know, Russell Westbrook, Riley Beal, like just like using their athleticism um, to finish around the rim. And Joe Ingles, like he's he's good. Um, I don't know what else to say. Um, he had a great game tonight. Um, yeah, and just I love watching him run pick and roll, Rudy Gobert. I love that combination. Um, yeah, I guess I do got to go back to talking about the Wizards. Um, I want to look at the the um, Russell Westbrook shot chart um, because I thought it was positive, kind of. Like, okay, so looking at it, he shot nine shots inside the paint, and he made six and nine, which is good. Um, he shot nine shots from mid-range and made four. That's not going to continue. And he shot five shots from three and made two. That's not going to continue either. He's not a um, 40% three-point shooter, and he is not a 44% mid-range jump shooter. Um, so it's not sustainable what he's doing right now, um, but he's been doing well. Um, to shoot nine shots in the paint and then um, 11 shots at the line, like that's overall a good thing. I'd love to see him cut down on those mid-range shots. Like some of them are just straight up bad shots. Like some of them are going in. Um, it's not sustainable though. Like if you shoot a shot that you're going to make 25% of the time, then 25% of the time it's going to go in. But just because it goes in um, doesn't mean that you should keep doing it. It's a bad shot. Just because it happened to go in doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's a good shot. And that's something that it's hard for some people to understand, um, especially because you do have like, we just have a cognitive bias to for the most part, remember, makes more than misses. So when Westbrook makes a bank fadeaway shot over someone, and the, like from 12 feet away, um, a lot of people who are just general fans are going to remember that more than the five other times that he missed that same shot. Um, so it's painful to watch sometimes because he can get to the rim against some of these matchups. Like if you get a switch on a Georgia's knee and like, and you're Russell Westbrook, you better be taking him to the basket because at the very least, you're going to get a, a either a strong side kick out because teams still collapse on Russell Westbrook or you're going to get a weak side kick out because that's where the help is going to come from anyways. Um, or you're going to get a good drop down pass. Like Russell Westbrook is a good enough passer that he should be able to get just attack George's kneeing on a switch and just just kill the defense. Um, and that is something that he's still he's gotten a lot better at throughout the season. Um, but that's also something he needs to continue to get better at. Also, it's exciting to see Russell Westbrook dunk again. Um, he like did not really look that good dunking um in the first half of the season but after the all-star break he was, he's looked better and better and better and better um and that's super exciting um to see from him he looks more like his old self um obviously he's never going to get to the point that where he was at i don't think people remember how good he was back then and i also don't think that people see how bad he is defensively right now um but that's a topic for another day i think he might actually be a better passer than he, um he used to be um but that's also a topic for another day um Bradley Beal's shot chart was absolutely ridiculous um he inside the paint, he shot seven shots and made five, which is awesome. Seven for Lem from mid range is not going to continue. Another thing with like the Wizards is that they benefited from a lot of shooting variants tonight. Um, I'll talk about that next. Um, so seven for Lem from mid range and four six from three, just awesome night from him. It's really really fun to watch from Bradley Beal is just absolutely on fire. Um, the Jazz tried to stop him with Royce O'Neal. The Wizards run a lot of ball screen. I'm um, trying to get Royce O'Neal off of him. And Bradley Beal when he's hitting pull up mid range jump shots, it's it's just super tough to stop. Um, for any opposing defense, like how do you do it? Um. 
Yeah, so I would so what I want to talk about next is the shooting accuracy and how it's so greatly benefited the Wizards. Um so from mid-range um or I guess from shots at the rim, the Jazz just did not get to the rim at all tonight, which is weird because Rudy Gobert usually shoots so many zero-foot dunks at the rim, um but he just wasn't getting anything tonight. Um which is strange, and a lot of that is because their continuity ball screen offense relies a lot on Mike Conley to um, help them with the ball screens. Um, and not having him out there really, really hurts them. Also, not having him as a weak side shooter hurts them too. Um, but the Wizards drop bothered them, um, and because Mike Conley can also pull up from three if the other team drops, that's part of why um, Joe Ingles was so successful because in the drop, he could just pull up and shoot a wide open three every time he wanted. Um, obviously, until the end of the game when he was like eight for 10, um, you, do, you did have to change your ball screen coverage a little bit. Uh, but Mitchell did not make the Wizards change their ball screen coverage. He's not a good enough shooter off the dribble from three. Um, Mike Conley probably is. Um, you probably have to show a little higher on Mike Conley, and that really, really opens up the Rudy Gobert role. Um, it opens up a Rudy Gobert short role a little bit, um, which he has gotten better at. Um, so Mike Conley, like, I cannot I cannot overstate enough how important Mike Conley is to this team. Um, but the Wizards, I, will, I do want to go over. So from mid-range, um, they shot 53%. Um, 54%, which is really good. So the Jazz, um, from at the rim, the Wizards shot 71%. The Jazz shot 55%. Um, and from three, the Wizards shot 41%, and the Jazz shot 37.5%. Um, so just an, a um, difference in the favor of the Wizards in every single area is going to make you win the game. And then that combined with getting to the line so much. Um, free throw shooting is a huge, huge, huge part of efficiency. Like the Wizards shot 79% from the line, which is right around league average. Um, I think league average last year was about 78, um, I want to say. So right around league average. But since they got there 38 times, um, getting to the line 38 times. Um, so that is, however many, 19 shooting possessions. And on those 19 shooting possessions, um, your efficiency is 79% in terms of you want to convert it to shoot, true shooting. That is ridiculous. That's insanely efficient offense, and it's just awesome that the Wizards got to the line so many times. Um, and it's something the Wizards have struggled with all season. They do not get to the line very often. Um, I want to pull up their um, team stats for in terms of free throw shooting. Um, hopefully it doesn't make me look stupid, um, but I don't think they get to the line very often. Um, shooting frequency, it's not going to be there. It's going to be in foul drawing, obviously. Um, and that's, I want to look at team stats. So that's where it would be. Um, offense, free throw rate third. Okay, never mind. I guess I'm just completely off. Um, yeah, I'm what third? Oh, but third, okay, okay, okay. So they're third in free throw rate um, in the league at 23%. This game, um, they were 34.9% in terms of getting to the line, um, which is just an absolutely ridiculous number. Um, and that's great. That's <laughs> like you're gonna win games. You can win games by getting to the line more than the other team. And the Wizards did that. Like if you get there ten more times, um, that's like you know if you shoot seventy eight percent, that's about seven point eight more points at the free throw line than the other team, um, which is awesome. Um, and if you want to say that, like yeah, you can expect the other team to have an average offense over that um, course of the ten shooting possessions, which would be about five point five, and you're at seven point eight. Um, that's two point three points that you're gaining from the other team just by getting to the line that often, um, which is an incredible number. And it's something that I'm I'm really, really happy with. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just go over my notes and that'll be it. I said I wanted to keep this episode shorter. We're 20 minutes in. Yeah, I'll go over my notes super quick and then um, that'll be it. Um, the Wizards, so one of the first actions of the game, the Wizards ran an interesting, like they ran an Iverson cut with Beal, um, but then he curled the last um, screen in the Iverson cut and then um, like towards the basket. And then on the weak side, there's an exchange going on. Um, so then he just had a wide open layup. And I thought that was a pretty good play. Um, let's see. Was doing a good job containing the 
um, ball screen continuity. Yeah, and so the Wizards are switching one through four. Um, they're dropping um, on ball screen to three to go bear, and they did a really good job of containing the um, Utah Jazz um, ball screen offense. Um, Jazz did not shoot the ball very well. Um, talked about that. Um, Russ is hitting all his shots. I talked about that. Oh, the Jazz 2-3 zone. They went to a zone. Um, it worked really well, and then all of a sudden they just went out of it for some reason. I have no idea why they went out of it. Um, if I were them, I would have just stayed in the whole entire game because it was working well. Um, so I didn't get that from a coaching perspective, but I thought it was a really good adjustment to go to the zone. Um, at the end of the second half, the Wizards, or first half, the Wizards went small, and it made no sense because the Jazz were in zone, um, and then at the other end, they couldn't do anything against Gobert, um, but they only did that for a couple of minutes, and it didn't make any sense because they went small and they didn't add any shooting or defensive versus, like, it made no sense. Um, but I'll talk about that more if they do that in a more important game um, that's closer. Um, I wrote in my notes, Wizards can't figure out how to run a zone. They have to run something here. And then, like, right after I wrote that, the Jazz went out of the zone, and that it just didn't make any sense to me why they went out of it. Um, well, Wizards run this... They ran this one play where it was a it was like a down screen, and then um, they flipped the angle of the screen to turn into a flare screen. And they, um, I think Mie Oni fouled um, fouled uh, Robin Lopez as he was setting the screen, but I thought that was a good play. Um, and best side of the Jazz have run all game is the angles pick and roll is killing them. Yeah, I talked about that. And then down the stretch, oh, okay, so the Wizards, um, the Jazz were trying to deny Bradley Beal the ball more. Um, and then the Wizards went to tons of like wedge action um, with Bradley Beal, um, the screener. Um, setting the screen for the, the guy at the top of the key to um, come to the corner. Um, I thought that was an interesting way to give him the ball and to give him the ball in the middle of the floor. Um, and it worked pretty well. And yeah, that's all I got um, for this episode. I said I would cut it short and I did um, enjoy March Madness. It's a beautiful time of the year. Um, enjoy the Wizards winning a game against the team with the best record in the league. And um, um, the next game is against the Nets. I'll have a podcast coming out um, on Sunday that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.